This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! How was your weekend? Do you know what? I've um I've spent my whole weekend either intoxicated or on a golf course, and often both. Um so <laughs> it couldn't have gone better really in terms in terms of my happy places. Um yeah. I fa- finally found my peace. Yeah, that that's nice. I, I thought I had, and then I saw people referring to the Platinum Jubilee as Platy Jubs. I, no, I can't. I, 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 I just can't. Or Platy Jubes, and I never felt angrier. The first time I actually saw that phrase was in, um, even more infuriatingly, infuriatingly, a marketing email from a company trying to sell me shit. So I, it, 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 by the time I'd even become aware of this, it had done the whole uh, Gen Z on social media. Then it had done the whole meme cycle and <laughs> by brands, and then it was in my inbox. And it, quite frankly, made me feel a bit sick when I read it. Yeah. Uh, Platy Jubes, I, honestly, I've never felt more ill looking at any sort of uh, wacky <laughs> oh, <laughs> terminology. Um, and I think the, the the crime of using it should be a night in the tower, frankly. At, at least a night. At, at least. least. Oh, yeah. Home to <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's address um, the last weekend in terms of the podcast because it's been quite the do. You know, we've been mocked, derided, heckled, 
the DMs, Terry, they got real personal <laughs> at times. Um, because in the last episode, myself, you and Dave highlighted concerns. Those were that Swin and Town communications are not very good. Um, we didn't talk about frequency of comms. We didn't talk about Ghana or Chorley in, in that conversation. We just said they're not very good. We stand by that. We also said that the trust relationship with the club might be a little bit too intertwined, for which also we stand by. The first 24 hours plus of the release of this episode was actually very, very quiet. People either agreed wholeheartedly, or if they didn't agree, they said interesting questions raised, don't agree. You've been a bit harsh on the trust here, but, and it was all very nice. And then I think it was on Saturday. It just went a little bit crazy. And it just felt like a lot of the stuff that we said got misconstrued, it got misinterpreted, and it resulted in people getting offended. And, you know, I apologize to the supporters club and I apologize to Vic Morgan for them having to come out and talk. And I have apologized to them already. And I think, Terry, it became clear for a lot of the uh, the message we were getting from Swindon fans, they, they hadn't listened to the episode because they were referring things that we didn't even talk about. And some just thought, you know, it was, it was doom mongering for the sake of doom mongering, which I get and I understand and I appreciate, but our message still, you know, it's still there, but a lesson learned for, for the pod and also how social media, oh man, it gets mean. Yeah, that's, I think that's the top line, isn't it? I think, um, I think, look, you've, you, I, I don't need to add anything beyond what you, what you've said and, and ultimately you're, this this podcast has been your has been your project for a a long long time and um you know you certainly don't need me or dave or anyone else to 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 defend what we've you know the opinions that we had but they were just opinions and i think i think what was what was most frightening on uh, over the weekend was was just to see that social media storm just just whip up um as you said some of the dms that that I'm sure you've received some of the DMs that we know other people have received. It's just really toxic stuff, and it's just so unnecessary. Like it's like why having healthy debate over over things like governance and and the trust relationship with the club. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And and I literally said in the in the episode, I know most of the trust uh, board members as individuals. I have a lot of time for each and every one of them. Um. But I, but I disagree with some of the things that the trust is doing. Like we're not, I'm not going to retract that. I, I don't think it was ever personal on our part, but it did get personal quite quickly elsewhere, and and, and that was that was the crap stuff, really, wasn't it? Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is nervous laughter. I will say, um, yeah, and you know, it, it, maybe we did go in too hard potentially, but our rhetoric is because it. it you know, we need reassurance um, that the club is going to be looked after. We've never said that like, the trust shouldn't exist. We are pro-trust. We love the fact that Swindon Town have a trust. But if anything was to hit the fan in the future, we just want to make sure our backs are, are covered. You know, that that is literally all we want. 100%. And the only way you have that is by, by having um, fan groups who are, in, who are independent of the club. And that is the most important thing. Now, whether it's the trust or the OSC who do a fantastic job in a very different way, 
or whether it's a fan group that doesn't yet exist. Who knows? Who knows? But the most important thing is that any fan group that is charged and gets sub uh, gets subscribers and goes into goes into battle and into mission on a remit to protect the long term future of the club has to be independent of the club. There is no grey area on that for me. And and that and that's that's where my concern is. And and look, I, I've, I've got nothing else to say beyond that. Really, that independence is absolutely critical. There are people who we, you know, we, we we didn't we didn't discuss anything that wasn't on record. It was it was clear as day that the trust are an extension of the club and are doing day to day chores on behalf of the club. That is not independence, and and that's that's all there is to say. Yeah, and and I think. In, in my mind, what I thought the pod would create, one, healthy debate, as discussed, amongst the fans, and also maybe the trust to reach out and say, look, we don't agree with what you say, but this is what we're doing. This is what we don't tell you. This is what is the situation. It had nothing to do with what the staff take at Swindon Town is right now. It didn't have anything to do with the actual current. It was a general observation made from a year you know, down the line. And... And what we didn't get was that response. In in fact, the complete opposite. But we're not going to keep we're not going to keep quiet on this. We're not going to talk about it for the sake of talking about it either. So you know, we're not going to talk about this every single episode. But if something is raised, we're a fans podcast. If something's raised or something comes up that we feel we need to question, criticize, celebrate, whatever, we're going to do so. And we've done that for four years. A hundred percent. And look, we all go to games. Um, most of us are at most home games. A lot of us go to every away game as well. If you want to have a proper a, a proper debate about it over a pint, over anything to do with this club, then anybody who does know me and has met me before a game or after a game will know that I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk the hind legs off a donkey about this club. Um, so you know, let's let let's 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 not let's not resort to sending messages on Twitter, and, and, and let's just have healthy debate about it. Ultimately, we 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 do all want the best for the club. We do all want the best for the fans, and and we all have our own opinions. Let, and, and as long as those opinions are respected, that's all that matters. That is all that matters, Terry. But the one retraction from the last episode, which I absolutely will do, is I said that I would probably be going to Melksham and Woking, which is absolute nonsense. Um, Worth closing the pod altogether. It's actually Melksham and probably Eastleigh that I will go to. Um, Don't know what I was thinking. And there goes your credibility, Rich. (laughs) There it goes, out the window. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, it's, it's an episode that we're recording and there's not a huge amount to discuss at the moment. We are very much in the eye of not the storm, but we're eye of content. The manager situation has taken its latest twist in which our very own friend of the pod, Ryan Walker exclusively saying that he exclusively said that the, the, the deal was almost done. And he even went as far as talking about wages and stuff like that. And then in late at night, the, the Charlton owner's wife said, it's not, that close to being done so we're kind of exactly where we were before other than the club seat the club as in Swindon Town seem to be talking to potential managers it's just an extraordinary few weeks hasn't it or week or so it feels like a few weeks I think the bit I don't get at the moment is um why it is taking so long and and I've seen a couple of people comment on this and quite often you'll get this sort of the the usual suspects responding with well it's a complex legal situation Whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's closed season. This is exactly when clubs change manager. This news broke 11 days ago now. 
And we're still here not knowing, is he going, isn't he going? If he is going, who's he taking with him? We know that we're potentially looking at replacements, but you'd expect that anyway, whether Garner, whether Garner goes or not, it's good to have a succession plan. But it just does seem a bit of a mess. And I was reflecting on this the other, this morning, particularly when I saw the nonsense from um, the Charlton owner's wife last night. <laughs> and it almost felt as if like we we have obviously over the last year, thanks, thanks to the good work of Clem, have, have stopped being a basket case. To some extent, certainly, certainly in in the big in the big ways, you know, we're not a basket case case club, and yet now we feel like we're being a victim of of a basket case club because Charlton seems to be all over the place, and yet it's and yet it's us that's paying the price. Um, it's us that is every day that passes is a, is a, we're a day closer to pre season without a manager. Um, for, through no fault of our own, and, and their delays and, and their hesitations and their lack of preparation is completely caused by them, <laughs> and ours is completely caused by them as well. And it just feels a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated now. Not in terms of a, not in terms of I'll oh, just hurry up and announce it. It's it, it's not frustration at, at our club at all, it, or, or any or anything anyone on our end. It's very much frustration with Charlton and the situation and their club hierarchy, because if it's going to happen, please, please just get it done so we can move on and start rebuilding. You know, our season ended two and a half weeks ago now. We should be, you know, the players are all off, but but the, the footballing hierarchy certainly wouldn't have been off unless unless they all moved on. So, they, you know, they, they, they would be very much in planning mode and every day we're losing a, another, another 24 hours of planning for the new season. It really is... I mean, I couldn't agree with anything you said more, to to be honest. All the noise that you hear is that this is very much on the Charlton side of things. From everything I hear, Swindon are moving on. <laughs> they want this done um, so they can um, recruit accordingly. It is absolutely baffling. I hadn't really paid much attention to Charlton Athletic in terms of their ownership. I remember when there were the protests for the last owner, and I remember them being very happy with Thomas Sandgard and I think he did like some performance on the pitch or something like that in his early stages. That's a but, flag, isn't it? Yeah, that that's that's the red flag number one, isn't it? When when they're when they're playing uh, guitar at halftime um to your to your new fan base. But I hadn't really paid attention to what's happened since then. And then you dip into like Charlton Athletic social media, which one shows you that we are all the same, aren't we, football fans, oh, one yes. and all, <laughs> and um, and just how unhappy they are with and then that euphoria of the new owner because they had a really tough time before that really did dip away early. But even the most happiest of crappiest of Charlton fans seem to be like, just get this done because it's not the most exciting appointment in the world ever, and we really need to get on board with this. So kindly make it make it happen quick or not at all. Really, really odd stuff. Very, very peculiar from their end. And and what I don't understand is th- this isn't complex, right? People, people, a lot of people will be saying, "Oh, you know, th- these things take time. These things take twelve hours <laughs> in season." We've seen we've seen it happen, right? We've seen managers go on, on the on the flip of a coin. So the idea the idea that this is normal process and this is this is this is what happens is it's just nonsense. It does seem very, very peculiar. If Ben Garner is the manager that Charlton want, then just make him your manager. Get him done. Get it gone. Pay what we're asking. He's under contract. The whole point of giving uh, talented people long contracts 
is that you're compensated when they leave. Pay up, take him, move on. Simple as that. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. And, and, and we'll get cracking with Ben Garner in charge. Either way, either way, we need clarity. And it's, and it's massively unfair on our club to be a victim of them being an absolute basket case. And the, the owner's wife ranting on Twitter late at night is a perfect example of that. Give me Irene Wellens all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Might be welcoming Irene back into the fold. You never I, I really don't think that's going to happen. We'll talk no. about that in just a moment, <laughs> though. If you're Scott Lindsay and Scott Marshall, you know, loyal foot soldiers of, of Ben Garner in this, because they're almost certain to follow, are you not sort of going, you sure? I mean, obviously, behind the scenes, everything could be squeaky clean and nice, and we're just being impatient, but... I've I've not known such a sort of no brainer take so long because it sounds like everybody wants this to happen, um, but some sort of um, something that's happening behind the scenes. But if you're if you're the two Scots, you, you must be like, are you sure? Because we got it quite good at Swindon, and there are a few issues here. But or do you think the industry is just like onwards and upwards, bigger club? Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. It's a fun. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I think the other the other thing that would um that would feed into that is the reported contract length. So um, uh, Ryan, I think, it, it was first to break news on the contract details, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, the fact that, that Bangara is signing a two-year deal, he has two years left here. So it's not like he's he's not like he's getting another three, four years job security out of this. And, he's, he, and he is moving to a basket case of a club. Very, very high demands. Not much football structure. They don't have a director of football. They don't have a. They didn't have a, a much of a success in terms of squad depth and 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 a core of a group of players to go in and work with. So it, I, I don't think. I mean, I think it's it's a no brainer on paper, but every day that goes past makes you think it's less of a no brainer for Bengala. Um, but ultimately, I think I think even even I've got to the point now where, um, even if it did fall through, it would be very 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 tricky for for Bengala to come back. And 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 resume his resume his job with us. Obviously, we'll never know the true detail, but yeah, I think there's there's a lot of red flags at chart on end. The time it's been t- it's taken, the communication out of their club, um, the contract length, which which seems short to me. I mean, to to not even not even get another year on top of what you got left here seems seems peculiar. So lots of red flags, and and look, Ben Garner is a is a is a cracking bloke. He was he was very very. Um, Generous and kind with with my family when we had the opportunity to meet him a few months ago, and I'll I'll always ho- hold him in high regard for that. I don't want things to work out badly for him, but my spider senses suggest that this might backfire. I think this might backfire for him, and the payout isn't as good as it could be if you had that three year deal. <laughs> and, and this is what I'm saying. Yeah, this this is what I'm saying. You know that security isn't going up. He's going from a two year deal to a two year deal. Um, yeah, sure. He might be getting a ten grand a year pay rise or whatever it might be. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Maybe it's significantly more than that. I mean, it, the numbers that Ryan was banding around, um, and we've got no doubt, we've got no reason to doubt Ryan. Suggests you know he's not he's not moving for life changing sums of money, um, especially especially moving to the capital as well. So who knows? Who knows? I, I I really hope it works out for him, but there are some red flags, and I I do have a feeling this might backfire on him. 
Yeah, well, let's see what happens now. It's been 11, 12 days since me and Dan recorded our thoughts about Bengana leaving. I don't think we realised it would take this time. It will go out and it will be quite amusing to listen back and see what's happened. We probably say as long as Chorley stays, all is well or something like that. But um, it will go out and unedited too. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. In terms of the replacement, the biggest winners of the last 11 days have been Bet Victor or the bookies or whoever, because they have been gobbling up uh, money from Swindon Town fans and uh, EFL punters all over the place. We've had people come and go quite readily and quite crazy how people are so sure about a new manager when we haven't even lost our current manager. Let's go through the non 20 to ones because Richie Wellens once said, if you're 20 to one, it's nonsense. So it's probably best to start at 12 to one, which is Richie Wellens, which, <laughs> which, you know, would be lovely. But the guy is on social media saying up the O's and it's probably more likely that he's going to come after Swindon players other than return to Swindon. But, you know, people put money on him. He got as short as as three or four to one, I think, at one point, didn't he, in the week? Yeah. And there was um, there was some uh, classic faceless ITK Twitter accounts claiming that it was going to happen. Um, it's not going to happen. I, as much as I'd love him to come back, I think even for, for Richie Wellen's benefit, I think he just needs to stay stay or and have a good go next season. I think he will do. Um, like, like you said, I think the only the only reunion between Richie Wellens and uh, and anyone related to Swindon is when he announces Dion Conroy next week. Or, or Rob Hunt, I reckon or it'll be Rob. Hunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he'll probably have eyes on other players too, but they might cost money. Um, the next one, next two are ten to one. Who's putting money on Mark Cooper? I, I mean, you tell me. I can't. I genuinely can't think of. <laughs> can't no think. one's talking about him. Nobody's talking about him. But there he is, ten to one. His agent, allegedly, obviously not his agent. I would hate to suggest his agent, whoever his agent is, is putting money on. No more, Terry. No more drama, please. I'll deal with another week of social media tornadoes. (laughs) Oh, no. Mark Delaney has been quite a few people's um, choice. I think they're going for that, and it's quite a sensible road to go down, that academy coach looking for their first step in, in senior game. I've heard... Mark Delaney might be off to QPR to coach with the guy that's just left Aston Villa. And Mark Delaney, of course, has not long left Aston Villa himself. Uh, former Welsh international, loads of experience. Uh, it, it does feel like a modern League One, League Two appointment. It definitely does. Um, I think on paper, it, it, it looks like an appointment that makes complete sense. It would still be a bit of a gamble, but I think anybody coming out of that the, the current trend of, of progressive League One and League Two clubs hiring coaches of that profile, it's always a bit of a gamble. They do tend to work more often than not, I think, at the moment. Hence why we're all doing it, I suppose. Um, but for me, Rich, it's a hard no for one reason and one reason only. He's Welsh and the oh, Welsh influence through the roof, at, particularly on this podcast. So down with Wales, particularly today. But you know I am very proud of my... Um... Swindon are quite high up in managers who played a lot of times for their national team. True. So this, this so would help. This would help. Mark Delaney did play for Wales. I don't know if he, he thirty six caps, and that is a healthy contribution considering the last few have not played for their nation. So and that um, is probably thirty five caps more than Ryan Mason has for England. Yes, indeed. Um, we'll get to him in a moment. But first, kind of in the charts like Brian Adams was in the early 90s, but he's just left number one. He's been there all the while. Soul's ear, Soul Campbell, 
eight to one, been there from the very start. Nobody knows why. Clemel Fooney doesn't talk about hearsay, but he was <laughs> quick to dismiss the Sol Campbell and Graham Ricks rumor. And I think we're all a little bit grateful. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to give the Graham Ricks thing any credence. That was obviously a wind up uh, account which worked very well. Uh, congrats. The the Sol Campbell one. Look, Clem doesn't want to comment on any rumor apart from this rumor. So I think that's safe to say that he's definitely going to be appointed. <laughs> uh, look, for, for me, I just um, I would be I would be massively underwhelmed. Let's let's put it that way. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and, and if it does happen, I'd be massively worried and underwhelmed. Just just purely because I think he's had his two or three chances, and yeah, he you know he managed tough to manage clubs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and there are always there are always those reasons. And some people say he did great jobs at those clubs, um, but I would rather us be a bit more forward thinking, a bit more progressive than going back to someone who last managed two years ago. Yeah, I agree. In in terms of my reaction to Sol Campbell, it's got nothing to do with his character or of his, his his career as a footballer, which was absolutely sensational. It was more, and I had the same concern when Mark Cooper took over. Your career as a manager is to firefight basket case football teams, and that is how I would feel if if I was like, well, you've had Macclesfield and Southend coming to Swindon Town would you know gives that impression that we're on the ropes, which we're not. So, uh, yeah, and we said on the other pod that Graham Ricks thing was obviously a wind-up and it's the most obvious one and it always gets the reaction it, it craves. But we'll move on from that. Ryan Mason is second favourite, 2-1 to one at the moment. There was a huge rumour. I mean, I've been away this weekend, so I, I only saw bits and pieces. The only, you know, only, the only source I've seen is one of those very, very hokey uh, ITK accounts, but I was getting messages from people saying, "Oh, my my dad has just heard this," and I had plenty of those, more than you know, three, four, five people saying, "Have you heard about Ryan Mason or anything like that?" I absolutely haven't. He seems to have the coziest and sweetest gig at Tottenham Hotspur, but if he's got ambitions to manage in the football league, why not? I can't get my head around this one, Rich. I- I'm snookered on it because, on the one hand. There's no smoke without fire, right? Mm-hmm. I think at this point when it's been going on, especially with our club can be a little bit leaky sometimes and other clubs can be a little bit leaky. The bookies tend to have a good idea, of, certainly of who's being interviewed, let's put it that way. Um, but on the other hand, why would he, why, why? <laughs> why would Ryan Mason do that to himself? Um, like you said, look, he might, he might want to jump off into, into uh, manage, manage, management full time. I can't help but think he could do that at a higher level than League Two um, if he wanted to. That, that, that's my instinct. I think um, it would be a phenomenally high profile um, appointment. It would do wonders for, I'm sure, season tickets and media coverage and PR. Um, I've got I've got no knowledge of him as a, as a as a football manager. Obviously, he's only managed seven games for for Tottenham. Um, so yeah, I, I've got absolutely no. I would have no uh, preconceived you know pre preconceived ideas of how he would play football or, or whether he'd be a good appointment or not. Other than we've heard of him, he's played for us before. He's a very high profile young coach. 
Um, and he would have as much chance as anybody else of succeeding. I'm sure he'd get everybody behind him, that's for sure. Absolutely. I, I had a, a little angst on Ryan Mason, which was completely irrational because I'd never seen a Swindon player score four goals in a game. I didn't go to the Plymouth game where Duncan Shearer scored four, and I had this opportunity to see somebody do it. Ryan Mason was that person. He had a hat-trick against Crew, and then he stepped up and missed a penalty. And I was like, oh, I really wanted to see that fourth. Luckily, Harry McCurdy put that little thing to bed uh, last season. So um, I'm all is forgiven, Ryan Mason. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, th- I just think people like Ryan Mason can get higher. I think, you know, like what Rooney got with Derby County, I, I, I see because he used to play for him. I see something like Hull City as an emotional return, given how he ended his career up there. Um, makes more sense if you're going to go on that sort of rhetoric. But hey, if they can attract him, and we all know Clem Mulfooney has ties, he is an admirer of Tottenham Hotspur. So we'll see. Um, it's a joint top for um, the bookies, which is hilarious in its this own is right. This, this is, is, I have never seen this before. And that is that Matt Taylor is top, but they don't know which Matt Taylor. They don't know if it's the Exeter one, which is absolutely insane, given the fact that he's worked so hard and failed so often to get Exeter into League One. Now he's finally done it. And now the thought of him ditching that for Swindon is insane. And also, the former Swindon Town, Matt Taylor, who had a torrid time at Walsall. I don't know the ins and outs behind that, but they've they've consolidated their Matt Taylors, and we now have a mega Matt Taylor. I, it cracked me up the other day when I saw this, and they've got Matt Taylor brackets both. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> absolutely insane. Just just to be crystal clear, it is absolutely not Exeter City's Matt Taylor. It's no, can't be. Like why? <laughs> like no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Matty Taylor, as in Pompey, Swindon, Walsall, Matty Taylor, um, makes complete sense, doesn't it? It makes it, may, it, it. It's almost too obvious. It's so obvious that um, before, when the market first launched, but neither Matty Taylor was on there, I was desperately trying to find what odds I could get him at. And by the time he went on the list, he went straight in at two to one. There was no value in it. So I was very much hoping to get him at 25 to one. Um, immediately, and I think it, at worst you would you would then just lay that bet at the moment, wouldn't you? But hey, it, it makes so much sense. I don't really have a strong opinion either way on it. I think um, to judge him on what he did at Walsall would be unfair because we don't know the true story, we don't know the full story. And and actually, if you look at our successful managers recently, it fits that profile of one failed, short-lived appointment elsewhere. We like the second jobber, um, or, or we certainly have done in recent times, and, and, they, and they've been relati- relatively successful for us. We had it with Wellens, we had it with Ghana. Matty Taylor sort of living a four or five-month slog at Walsall and it all going wrong. Um, might serve him a might serve him a very good purpose coming in coming into coming into Swindon if that's if that is indeed what happens. My 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 instinct is he's favourite for a very good reason. Yeah. How do you think you would react if it is our Matty Taylor that gets it? Uh very popular as a player, player of the year award. I th- I don't know if he was hugely chummy with Richie Wellens because when when Richie came in, Taylor seemed to dip out. Um, but it got player of the year contributed at the tail end of his stuff but he's not a Swindon legend by any stretch of the imagination but it's probably recent enough for people to get on board but then they'll swiftly see that final spell 
of those final string of games at Walsall, which really weren't good. And then they'll remind themselves that Bengana did similar at Bristol Rovers. And then suddenly we're in exactly the same spot as we were when Ghana took over. Yeah, I, I, I think I would probably welcome it with a with a shrug of the shoulders and a, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, okay, let's go. Let's crack on. I think um it, it wouldn't it wouldn't sort of spike my massive enthusiasm or excitement in me. It would wouldn't spike any any sort of interest outside of outside of Wiltshire, would it, in terms of in terms of national um, media coverage, unlike Ryan Mason. Ultimately, I'd very much keep my powder dry on instinct either way until we started making a couple of signings. And I think then you'd have a more and more uh, a more sort of trustable, a more trusting read of of, of how things might pan out next year. It's, it, it it feels very obvious, middle of the road, shrug of the shoulders. Yeah, it makes sense. Let us see what the rest of the week brings, if anything at all. Final points, Mike Summerbee's been given an OBE. That's nice. I only raise this, one, because I'm a huge fan of the Summerbee family, and two, and I've said it before, I'm so angsty about how little like Swindon are mentioned in the career of Mike Summerbee. He played 244 times for us, for goodness sake. Acknowledge that. What a player. Yeah, I mean he he's a, he's a he's an absolute Swindon all time great, isn't he? Um, yeah. And that gets lost because he went on to become a Man City all time great. Um, so yeah, very very much uh, a, a lovely little sort of footnote to see one of our legends being honoured for sure. And finally, congratulations or commiserations to Johnny Williams for Wales qualifying for the World Cup or not qualifying for the World Cup. Either way. He got a goal against Poland in midweek, and it was a lovely finish. The, the, the worst good goal I've seen in a long time. It's like a stuffy, bobbly... Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> it's just nice to see a Swindon Town player score at international level and hear the mentions come when in. When do you reckon the last uh, one was? When do you reckon the last one was? It would have been Luongo or Kasim, wouldn't it? Yeah, it must have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did make me laugh. Like, you got, like, obviously, Wales went on to lose that game, I think, didn't they? 2-1, but... Um, yeah. It, it does still sort of pickle my pickle my brain a little bit that you've got uh, our Johnny Williams sort of trotting around the, around the pitch with Lewandowski and uh, <laughs> it is it is extraordinary. We like we are just a sort of top third league, you know, fourth tier club at the end of the day. So you know, it is it is it, it is and always will be really cool that, that uh, we we from time to time have these moments it is very cool terry thank you very much nice one rich take care the low strangers is an independent podcast views given do not reflect those of swindon town football club the music is provided by the great matthew kilford and the podcast artwork is by matt in singapore thanks for listening come on swindon the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24 seven, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.